In case you missed it, today we are bringing you a special encore release of a recent episode. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Adam Jonas, head of Morgan Stanley's Global Autos and Shared Mobility team. And I'm Tim Shao, Greater China Auto Analyst. And on this special episode of Thoughts on the Market, we're going to discuss how China electric vehicles are reshaping the global auto market. It's Thursday, July 27th at 8 a.m. in New York. And 8 p.m. in Hong Kong. For decades, global autos have been dominated by established, developed market brands with little focus on electric vehicles or EVs, particularly for the mass market. As things stand today, affordable EVs are few and far between, and this undersupply presents a major global challenge. At Morgan Stanley Equity Research, we think the auto industry will undergo a major reshuffling in the next decade as affordable EVs from emerging markets capture significant global market share. Tim, you believe China-made EVs will be at the center of this upcoming shakeup of the global auto industry. Are we at an inflection point, and how did we get here? Thanks, Adam. Yeah, we are definitely at a very critical inflection point at the moment. Firstly, since last year, as you may notice that China has outsized Germany car export and soon surpassed Japan in the first half of this year as the world's largest auto exporter. So now we believe China made EVs infiltrating the West, challenging the global peers, backed by not just cheaper prices, but improving variety and quality. And separately, we believe that affordability remains the key gating factors to global EV adoption, as Western brands have been slow to advance their EV strategy for the mass market. A lack of affordable models actually challenged the global EV adoption, but we believe that that creates a great opportunity to EV from China, where a flood of affordable EVs will soon fill in the vacuum and effectively meet the need for cheaper EV. So we believe that we are definitely at an inflection point. So Tim, it's safe to say that the expansionary strategy of China EVs is not just a fad, but real solid trend here? Totally agree. We think it's going to be a long-lasting trend because you think about what happened over the past 10 years, China has been the major growth engine to global auto demands, contributing more than 300% of the sales increment. And now we believe China will transform itself into the key supply driver to the world, initially by exporting cheaper EV, and over time, shifting towards to transplant and foreign production, just similar to Japan and Korea autos back to 1970 to 1990. Uh, we believe China EVs are making inroads into more than 40 countries globally. Just a few years ago, the products made by China were poorly designed, but today they surpass rival foreign models on affordability, quality, and even the tech-driven user experience. So, Alan, essentially, we are trying to forecast the future of EVs in China and the rest of the world. And this topic sits right at the heart of all three big things Morgan Stanley Research is exploring this year, the multipolar world, decarbonization, and technology diffusion. So if we take a step back to look at the broader picture of what happens to supply chain, what potential scenarios for an auto industry realignment do you foresee, and which regions, other than China, stand to benefit or be negatively impacted? So Tim, 
Look, I think there's certainly room to diversify and rebalance at the margin away from China, which has such a dominant position in electric vehicles today, and it was their strategy to fulfill that. But you also got to make room for them, okay? And there's precedent here because, you know, we saw with the Japanese auto manufacturers in the 1970s and 1980s, a lot of people doubted them, and they became dominant in foreign markets. Then you had the Korean auto companies in the 1990s and 2000s. So again, China's lead is going to be long lasting, but room for onshoring and nearshoring, friendshoring. And we would look to regions like ASEAN, Vietnam, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, also the Middle East, such as Morocco, which has an FTA agreement with the US and Saudi, parts of Scandinavia and Central Europe, and of course, our trade partners in North America, Mexico, and Canada. So we're witnessing an historic reindustrialization of some parts of the world that where we thought we lost some of our heavy industry. So in the context of a multipolar trends we are discussing, Adam, how do you think a global regional equipment manufacturers or OEN or the car makers and the policymakers will react to China's growing importance in the auto industry? So I think the challenge is how do you re-architect supply chains and still have skin in the game and still be relevant in these markets. It's going to take time. We think you're going to see the established auto companies, the so-called legacy car companies, seek partnerships in areas where they would otherwise struggle to bring scale, look to diversify and de-risk their supply chains by having a dual source, both onshore and nearshore, in addition to their established China-exposed supply chains. Some might choose to vertically integrate, and we've seen some striking partners upstream with mining companies and direct investments. Others might find that futile and work with battery firms and other structures without necessarily owning the technology. But we think most importantly, the theme is you're not going to be cutting out the world's second largest GDP, which already has such a dominant position in this important market. So the Western firms are going to work with the Chinese players, and the ones that can do that we think will be successful. And I'd bring our listeners' attention to a recent precedent of a large German OEM and a state-sponsored Chinese car company that are working together on electric vehicle architecture, which is predominantly the Chinese architecture. We think that's quite telling, and you're going to see more of that kind of thing. So, Alan, is there anything the market is missing right now? A few things, Tim, but I think the most obvious one to me is just how good these Chinese EVs are. We think the market's really underestimating that in terms of quality, safety, the features, design. You know, you're seeing Chinese car companies hiring the best engineers from the German automakers coming, making these beautiful, beautiful vehicles, high quality. Another thing that we think is underestimated are the environmental externalities from battery manufacturing. Batteries are an important technology for decarbonization, but the supply chain itself has some very inconvenient ESG externalities labor to emissions and others. And I would say final thing that we think the market's missing is there's an assumption that just because the electric vehicle and the supporting battery business, because it's a large and fast growing, that it has to be a high return business. And we are skeptical of that. Precedents from the solar, polysilicon and LED TVs and others where when you get capital working and you got state governments all around the world providing incentives that you get the growth, but you don't necessarily get great returns for shareholders. So it's a bit of a, a warning to investors to be cautious, be opportunistic, but growth doesn't necessarily mean great returns. 
Tim, let's return to China for a minute. And as I ask you one final question, where will growing China's EV exports go? And what is your outlook for the next one to two years, as well as the next decade? Eventually, I think China EVs will definitely want to grow their presence worldwide. But initially, we believe that there are two major markets they want to focus on. First one would be Europe. I think the China's EV export or the local brands, they would want to leverage their BEV portfolio, battery EV, to grow their presence in Europe. And the other key market would be ASEAN country, Southeast Asia. I think the, the Chinese brands or the China EV can leverage their plug-in hybrid models to grow their presence in ASEAN. The major reason is that, as you may notice, that in Southeast Asia, the charging infrastructure is still underdeveloped. So the plug-in hybrid would be the more ideal solution to that market. And for the next one to two years, we are currently looking for the China's the EV export to grow by like 50 to 60% every year. And in the long term, as you may notice that currently, China-made vehicles account for only 3% of cars sold outside China. But in the next decade, we are looking for one-third of EVs sold in overseas would be China-made. So they are going to be the leader of the EV sold globally. Tim, thanks for taking the time to talk. Great speaking with you, Adam. As a reminder, if you enjoy Thoughts on the Market, please take a moment to rate and review us on the Apple Podcasts app. It helps more people to find the show. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you. 